Good morning, good evening, good night, listeners. Um, hope everyone's having a, a safe day. I hope everyone's weekend is safe. I hope everyone has had a safe week. Um, I myself am, you know, I'm blessed, extremely blessed to be able to see another day. Um, uh, took a little vacation out of town, went to New Orleans, and um, it's, it's one of my favorite cities. If you haven't been yet, I, I definitely recommend going out to the Big Easy, and um, they they call it the Big Easy for a reason. It's super easy going out there. Like, I mean, you got good food and at de- at relatively decent prices, and you got good drink at relatively decent prices. So how can you like not win out there? Um, I want to thank everyone who's tuned in thus far, and and if you haven't, uh, please subscribe because I'll be. You know, like I said, I, I I try to post these every week, or I try to record a new one every week, and um, I want you to be notified when those episodes go up. Um, I, I think I'm gonna try a new method in terms of, you know, just hitting the record button and um, then keeping them in the vault and releasing them throughout the week. But um, subscribe to the channel, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Play. Um, you can find me on all those platforms, and that way you'll be notified when I upload a new episode. But I want to thank you for listening and tuning in and tapping in thus far. Um, I was at work today, and um, I was having a conversation with a, a coworker pretty cool guy. Um, He was letting me know a situation he was dealing with at work. And um, I asked him a few questions, got, you know, got some context to to see if, you know, if I could add any, you know, add my two cents to the, you know, to maybe help him get through uh, a possible situation. So, the story I told him is pretty much the story that I'm about to tell you guys. And the reason for me to tell the story basically is to let people know that one, I know sometimes we get into you know work situations, we we take on jobs or we stay at jobs with the mindset that um, you know, because everyone, you know, needs some type of check. Everyone needs some type of um, income, right? I'm not going to deny it. You know, everyone needs some type of income. You can't live in this world, especially live in the U S. Uh, and if you live in New York, you definitely can't live in New York without some type of income coming in. So I know we end, we end up stressing ourselves out by staying at some of these jobs and thinking that as long as we go in and, and, and clock in and do what we're supposed to do, that uh, situations aren't going to uh, arise. Um, 
And that is a very, very dangerous mindset to have. And it's dangerous because it sets you up for failure. And um, I myself have found myself in situations where I really just wanted to clock in. I know what that mindset is like. I wanted to clock in, clock out, do what I got to do, and just leave. Like, I, I got hired to do a job. I want to do a job without any, you know, extra shit, dealing with anybody's extra shit. But unfortunately, that's not how things go. Unfortunately, you find yourself in these situations, whether you um, act for them or not. So he found himself in a situation, and um, he, he told me that, you know, supervisors called him, called him in office, um, wanted to talk to him about, you know, missing a day here and there, or, you know, using PTO. They feel like he should, you know, be more strategic about it. Um, which I agree with, you know, you get PTO, you definitely should be a little bit more strategic about, or a little strategic about, um, when you're using it, but you can't account for situations. Like I had to, I don't even have PTO yet, but I had to leave work back in July because of, uh, carbon monoxide poisoning that I didn't know I had. I just know I didn't feel right. And um, I ended up throwing up um, liquid, and mine was all foggy, and I, like it was it was crazy. I felt I felt super weird. Um, I had enough strength to be able to walk to my car and then drive home. But once I got home, I just wanted to lay down. Like I slept for like uh, two hours and woke up and was hella hungry. Um, like I said, I had to throw up liquid. But you can't account for everything that happens in life. Um, if you if you could, you know, a lot of us be out here, you know, winning the lottery at will every chance we get. So they, they basically put him in the office, wanted to talk to him about, you know, calling out or, you know, having to take a day off maybe once or twice in the past two weeks or whatever the case was. And then they asked him, you know, questions in terms of can you get up earlier so you can possibly, like, you know, detect some of these things or, or, or be prepared for when these situations come. And he was brutally honest and told him no. You know, he's like, I'm not going to get up any earlier than I normally get up to come here. Um, he was also brutally honest when he told him, because they asked him if he, you know, enjoyed coming to work. He said, no, I, don't really, I really only come because I get paid. And I told him, I was like, bro, you got to learn the politics of not just work. Um, we work at a gun factory, not just at the gun factory. But any job, you have to learn the politics of anything in life. Unfortunately, this life that we have, that, we, that we've all been granted with, comes at a certain price. We have to literally play the game. Um, we have to 
see it like a chessboard, see it like Monopoly, see it like, um, not not even checkers, but see it like a chessboard. Any any complex game you can think of that requires critical thinking, you have to see life like that. Now life ain't no game. That's not what I'm saying. Life isn't a game. I, I don't. I take situations in life seriously, but I don't take bullshit seriously. <laughs> and the politics of certain situations in life happen to be some bullshit. The lessons learned from those bullshit situations matters more to me. Allow me to elaborate. The story I told a um, fellow colleague and co-worker was that when I was working at uh, Bloomingdale's back in 2013, I want to say, I believe so. Yeah, 2013. I so I, I before that, before I started working at um, uh, Bloomingdale's, I was working at Zara. I was working at Zara uh, Clothing Company in uh, over on Madison, not Madison, my fault. Over on Fifth Avenue. I'm thinking about Madison, not South Madison, but it's over on Fifth Avenue. Uh, however, there is one in Madison, but over on Fifth Avenue, one of their flagship stores, I was working there first, like, you know, six, seven months, everything was straight, you know, pay was coming in on time, checks were looking decent, we were, you know, getting, you know, commission, like, they had a commission set up for when you work, um, if you work those two weeks or that week before payroll, and based on how the store did, uh, the store hit a certain amount of uh, sales, hit a certain mark and numbers, whatever, what have you, you'd get anywhere from like, you know, 50 to $200 in commission. Um, and things were going, things were booming. It was like, you know, I was literally at work all the fucking time, like, Apart from my regular schedule, I'd stay overtime. Like, and plus the community that we had, the environment that we had at um, Zara was dope. I really made some, some some friends and people that I keep in contact with to this day um, at Zara, and um, it was a really really good place to work. But then management changed; they changed the commission structure. People's egos started getting a little bigger. And, you know, shit hit the fan. HR was slacking on the job. My checks started going from, even though I was working, you know, 40 hours, I was, you know, 38, 40 hours a week times two. I was losing money somehow. Like, my checks were, you know, they were not adding up. You know, then I had personal shit going on outside of work, um, dealing with my ex-fiance. And, you know, it was it was a tough time, right? I left that job and pretty much went on the pursuit to look for another one. I um, ended up landing a job at a Bloomingdale's way out in, you know, deep in Long Island. But I was determined to, to get this job and keep it. Uh, living situations was about to change. I was about to be living on my own. I uh, wasn't going to be living with my uh, fiance anymore. So, well, she became my ex-fiance. And um, I just I needed to make 
make a quick change. Got the job, you know, pay was definitely uh, better. And then had to move. So after getting my job, let's say in June, yeah, let's say June, had to move to the DMV area in October, right? Not a, not a long time at all, right? So now I got to inquire about a transfer. So I asked about a transfer. I made good when I got at the Bloomingdale's. I did what I had to do. I, um, you know, hit the ground running, learned what I needed to learn to be able to perform my job at a high level when I did just that. Was, re- was recommended for a transfer to the DMV area. All I had to do was show up for a small interview. They already heard about me, just had to show up for a small interview, and then, you know, I'm in there like swimwear. Get the job. Well, yeah, basically got the job. Got a pay increase, and I came to find out that my name was being, you know, my name was floating around the store two weeks prior to my, you know, my my start date. Two weeks prior to me even coming and going in for the interview or to meet with the operations manager at the time. I also find, you know, I got a pay increase two weeks. I was out uh, two weeks, my name floating around. I was also able to take a week from my introduction to the operation manager, take a week off, go see my girlfriend at the time in North Carolina, spend a week with her and then come back to go to, as soon as I get back to the DMV area, it was straight to work. On top of that, I was expecting a check from a check or two from the uh, my the Bloomingdale's in Long Island. I just transferred from because I had work, you know, my last two weeks. So I was expecting a check, and I was able to have some cash flow, so to speak, while I was on a vacation, if you will. Came back to work. In the DMV area, immediately hit the ground running, did what I did in New York, let them know that I was more than capable of doing the job. I even showed them different ways of doing the job. I also heard that <clears throat> it was unheard of for someone to be able to get a transfer who hasn't been with the company for six months. They had to be with the company for six months to a year in order to even be considered for a transfer. Just to, just to let you guys know, like, what I was bringing to the table. So I'm, I'm at the job. I'm doing what I got to do. I'm also implementing new ways to do certain things. I'm, I'm, I'm really in a groove, right? About eight or nine months go by, things started to get a little different. Um, supervisors who I didn't know who supervisors I, that, that I thought were on my side or were in my corner started to throw shade in my direction. They started to behave a certain kind of way towards me. And 
it, I didn't really understand why. Because I, I thought we were like, you know, all getting, you know, getting to a job and, and, and doing what we got to do and then, you know, leaving. I didn't know shit was becoming personal. So the more annoying the situations got, the, 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 the tougher it became to deal with the bullshit, basically. Now, I obviously was unaware that me coming in and me having that that cloud of expectations of two weeks of people hearing my name, coming in, getting a pay increase, and implementing new ways to do things, people that were that was at that job for five, 10, 15 years didn't know the stuff that I knew and I learned in a couple of months. I ruffled some feathers, I bruised some egos. I was completely unaware of all of this until shit started to get uh, weird and uh, you know, operations managers started to know my name. And when you have a, a title that people feel like should not get any recognition, um, those who have the title and do, and do not receive that recognition, you got a target on your back now from them. Like you're you're their enemy. You're public enemy number one to someone who is so ego driven that all of their existence is wrapped up into this title of a job or title at a job. So fast forward three months of dealing with shit in, in at work outside of work. Three months of just just one bullshit situation after another. So I told myself that there is there was always a lesson. I was brought up to, to believe that there's always a lesson in something. So I was steady looking for the lesson. I was also reading a lot more and I was diving into my my you know my my prayer, my daily devotions a lot more. And I got really, really quiet in terms of like listening to I developed this ability to be able to listen to what people were saying without them actually saying it. So I, I learned to read body language and um, just started trusting my instincts a hell of a lot more than I did prior to um, when things started to go a little bit awry. And with that knowledge did not come peace. And um, I wanna make that very important. With that knowledge did not come peace. The more I learned, the more I realized I needed to be that much more quiet, to listen that much more harder, to pay attention to things that much more closely. So on the fourth or fifth month of, of dealing with this shit, um, fast forward now, I want to say where we are definitely in late January, February early February, um, got into, I wouldn't say altercation, but one of the supervisors didn't like that. He, he wanted me to do something and I told him I had something else to do first. Then I'll get to whatever it is you want me to get to. He didn't like that answer. He got a little disrespectful. Some words were exchanged. I'm a, I got a, I, I used to be a really, you know, I used to be a hot, hot head, but I got a bad temper. Um, Calmed down a lot. 
But I, I, back then, I, like I said, it was a lot of shit that I was dealing with, mounting up, you know. And I didn't really have time to be playing and, and, and bullshitting with people. I thought as a human being, he would understand that, but clearly he didn't. But I had to let him know where I stood. So I took a walk, and he calls himself following me on the um, out on the sales floor, you know, I, just just speaking crazy. So I knew that if I had turned around and, and engaged in further conversation with this man, that um, a fight was going to break out and I was probably going to be carried out in handcuffs. So to avoid all that, I took a breather, took a beat. And uh, fast forward about a week before, like I said, it's late, uh, late January, early February. So news spread that they were Bloomingdale's was opening a store in Hawaii and that they were hiring for all positions. Now, I'm a you know pretty smart guy, I pretty much knew the entire layout of the Bloomingdale's and I knew how many people worked in each department. I was able to do the math real quick and figure out that there were at least two to three people per department. And on that note, announcing them hiring for people for that store was also a paragraph explaining that some jobs were going to be um, minimized. Basically, mean you're going to be laid off, right? There was going to be some people being laid off. I got called into the office, and I knew it was coming. It was just a matter of time. I got called into the office, and they let me know that they picked me to be one of the people from the um, fulfillment department to be laid off. I said, cool. They asked me, did I have any questions? I said, no. They gave me a paper. I had a severance package that I was um, about to receive. Just had to sign on the paper, gather my things, wasn't much to gather, and then leave, right? I wasn't worried. Other people were worried for for me, but I wasn't worried. Uh, Clearly, whispers about me leaving spread almost faster than the ones about me coming in a year earlier. But I wasn't worried, not not even the slightest bit, because I realized that it was it was just a matter of time before I needed to leave that opportunity to find a new one. So on my way out, I said peace out to everybody that I knew, those that I had numbers and, and contacts for. I was going to highlight them at a later date, link up with them afterwards. But, you know, it was fun. Got to go. I, when I say I wasn't worried, not in the slightest bit, I wasn't. But the most important thing that I heard while I was in the HR office, because the lady, was, she was a very sweet lady. She looked like she didn't even want to have this conversation with me. That she much rather wanted to, like she wanted to have it with someone else. And she told me right after I signed the paperwork that when it came down to choosing who uh, to lay off or to let go, it was between me and an elder woman that worked there in the same department that I worked in fulfillment with me. She wasn't supposed to tell me this, 
And I think because she was such in like a, a headspace of not wanting to have the conversation with me in the first place that it slipped. She basically said that they chose me because of the incident that occurred, you know, days prior with the manager or the supervisor. And for those of you who don't know, you can actually use that in court. You can actually build a case around things like that. Um, and I basically could have sued because he's, you know, he was one of those guys that was known for speaking to people in a certain way. He had a history. Let's just put it that way. He had a history. I could have used it against the company, but I, I wanted to leave. You know, it was it was important for me to go. Left around 12 noon, got a ride from one of my roommates to the crib. I had called my mom, told my mom I was coming over. But before I went over to her house, I had packed a, um, while I was in the middle of packing, I was like, you know what, let me look at Craigslist to see if there's some jobs, some job opportunities out there that I can apply for real quick. Because I'm about to spend a week at my mom's house, and I may or may not take a trip to New York, but I want to line some things up saw this job opening sent in my resume around two or three o'clock by six o'clock i had a phone interview and basically had a in-person interview that following monday by february 3rd or 4th i had a new job and i had a check that was coming to me from, I had a check that was coming to me from um, the job, the severance, pay, the severance pay that was coming to me. And by the time I started the new job, I had, um, was offered the opportunity to work overtime. So I had overtime coming my first week. So in a matter of a week, I was laid off from a job had some money to hold me over. The week that I was planning to take off, I didn't really um, take off. I took like maybe three or four days. Started the job, got some overtime. My first week and a half worth of uh, pay, if you will, was about a $1,200 check. And I, and I also think I was staying at my mom's house. Um, I did stay at my mom's house for like a, a, the week. Uh, I was just going back and forth to work from my mom's house to um, work. And so I was, my mom lived in Baltimore and I worked in Georgetown, part of uh, D.C. Um, woke up to a notification on my phone. Money was deposited into my account and I was like $1,200. I went from getting, I'm not going to throw the number out there, but Should have just ran the light. So basically, I went from getting I got two hundred to three hundred dollars more than I was making at the other job within a week, and that's not in, that's not including the overtime. So when you think about it, 
basically what I did was I learned from the situation at Bloomingdale's. I applied it to my new opportunity and I just learned the politics of um, work, the workplace. I just learned how to be better at processing things, learning from things, seeing the opportunities on when to speak about certain things and when not to. And it landed me a better opportunity. And when the opportunity for the job that I had immediately after Bloomingdale's, when that opportunity expired, I found a better one. The point in all of this, and I was telling um, the colleague I worked the same story, the point in all of this was growth. I was able to grow from these situations. I was able to um, better myself from these situations, but I had to take the necessary time and the necessary steps to be able to sit back and learn. Not everything deserved a response from me, which is what I learned in the first place. Not everything deserved a response. And when you find yourself ready to defend yourself so much and so fast and so quick, you're you're not allowing the lessons to come to you. Um, when you're very um, reactive, you're not allowing yourself to be proactive. You're not allowing yourself necessary time to process things. I learned to be very patient and understand that just because I'm losing uh, or being moved from this thing or even being let go from this opportunity and I have to now go and be on the hunt for a job, something better always comes along as long as you continue to work towards those things. It happened in New York, left Zara after I was, you know, basically going to work. It was so bad at Zara at one point where another company had to pretty much had cases. Like they were cases against Lara Lara for at Zara for. unfair work conditions and unfair pay. I had a meeting with some of these people when I left Zara. I got emails and and, and phone calls about these situations. Some of my um, you know, old coworkers mentioned me in some of their, you know, depositions if you will, to the point where it was big. There was like um a boycott at one point against uh, Zara in New York, like it was, it was crazy. I stepped out on faith because I knew I didn't want to be in that. Stepped out on faith, left that, was able to go to Bloomingdale's where I got significantly more pay. Um, or a, a, a significant pay increase. Then life happened, had to adjust again, was able to get a transfer, got another pay increase, 
and was at that Bloomingdale's for basically I was at Bloomingdale's for about two and a half, three years. Left that job. Um, was about two years. Was able to leave that, go on to another opportunity where I got another pay increase. Was no shortage of hours. Was no shortage of work. Um, was able to get my apartment, basically move out on my own, left the roommates behind with the money that I was getting from the new opportunity after Bloomingdale's. Left that opportunity because another one presented itself that required a bigger leadership role and a lot more responsibility, was able to move and go. All of this was happening while life was still going on and life was insane back then but i was still able to manage to find these opportunities increasing and i'm basically sharing this story like i shared with with him as a reminder as a, with my coworker as a reminder that sometimes when when shit get hard in life or at work it means that change is coming that means something good is coming. You may have asked for it subconsciously. You may have prayed about it. You may have, you know, wrote it down in a text message to somebody or you, you whatever energy you put out there in the universe about a, having a change or wanting a change, it's not always going to come wrapped in a boat. Sometimes some bullshit going to come up. And you're going to find yourself having to deal with it in order to get to that next level. I think of, you know, certain situations in life sometimes, like how I think about, you know, video games, Mario, Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, if it was easy, there would be no point in playing a game. You know what I'm saying? Like. That, that's how I see it. Plus, I have a crazy amount of faith in in, in God and in, in the universe that things are always going to work out as long as I put my best foot forward. So I just want to leave you all with that. Um, when I post this on my IG at Mend History 24 or um, on Facebook, uh, I want to, you know, drop a comment. Have a conversation with me about it because I want to get you, um, your listeners' opinions as well. Let me know what you guys think and you ladies and gentlemen think. Um, but yeah, that's basically my story for the for the day for the week. Um, yeah. So with that said, you know, peace and love, family. Thanks for tapping in.